Ah, greetings. <laughs> Welcome to my castle. I am the Count, and guess what time it is? Yes, it's time for the number of the day. Ah, uh, ah, uh, ah. Uh. Oh, what could the number of the day be? Well, let's find out, shall we? Are you ready? Here we go. One, two, three. Oh, I wonder what it is. Four, five, six. Mm, the suspense is killing me. Seven, eight. Maybe it's the next one. Nine. Not yet. Ten. Welcome to the Full Nelson Press Podcast, episode 49, NXT TakeOver Toronto 2016 event. I am the creator of the thefullnelsonpress.com. My name is Brandon Kirkpatrick. You can find me on Twitter at Johnny, J-O-N-N-Y underscore Tango. I'm here with one of the new legendaries in the new Pokemon Sun and Moon games, Peter O'Brien. You can also find him on Twitter at MVP360. And of course, you can follow the Full Nelson Press on Twitter at TFNP. Pete, are you ready to review NXT Toronto? I couldn't wait to get on this podcast. Oh, these people need to know. <laughs> we almost started, like, not watching it because Ghost Adventures had a marathon. Shut and up. So, well, we had to ghost hunt in our house, so we started downloading, like, cheesy ghost hunter apps. <laughs> and um, newsflash, it's haunted right in the middle of our house. It's crazy. Why? How? I don't know. Where, how did know. The, what did weird. the app say? Did it just like it said, just send you beat, like a text? It beat. It had like an EKG, like you know the Ghostbusters thing. You didn't so like cross when we the got the hot did zone, <laughs> we didn't. So like he's like walking around and it's just going beep 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 beep. beep. And like oh no, it's in our can shoot. But then it went away. It was crazy. As soon as the pay per view started, it's like I got better things to do. Yeah, I was like, okay, guys, there's no ghosts. Ghosts, leave us alone. Uh, let's start off with the free show. The free show was hosted by Charlie Caruso, Lita, and Mauro Ronaldo. Uh, they talked. There was nothing that really happened at the free show. Yeah, no, I didn't. I didn't watch it. I, I was surprised there wasn't a match or something, but nothing. Like I looked at the like Twitter, seeing if maybe something on the pre-show was gonna happen. But I'm sorry, folks, I'm not gonna watch a pre-show. I just can't bring myself to sit there and hear. You know, the rivalry between these two goes way back. And it's like, oh, we're going to have to hear it again. And I'm sorry. Right. And they play the same promos. They're just going to replay it in the front of every match we're about to watch. The only good reason to watch a kickoff show or a pre-show is if there's at least one match. Yeah. But no, there was no matches. And even if there are matches, they're never good. Yeah. So. I like the, the the worst one was the pre-show at WrestleMania last year where the seats weren't even filled yet. Oh, that was bad to watch. Oh, it's so good to watch. What are you talking about? Like, <laughs> 
the big guy sitting there going like, what are you talking about? I'm so good at everything I do. He's trying to put on a great match, and Roman Reigns is saying he's stealing all my ideas. <laughs> and Stop, stop. <laughs> Let's move on to the actual pay-per-view. The first match of the night, the Clash of Canadians, the glorious one, Bobby Roode versus the Perfect Ten, Ty Dillinger. Bobby Roode gets introduced by the 2017 class of Hogwarts School of Wizardry. That was really cool. Yeah, it was good. It's a good little choir thing, but it was awesome. But did you need a choir? Yeah. The crowd drowned out the choir. You know what? They, I think maybe the, the choir could have been twice as big for it to make an actual impact. Yeah, I mean, but the crowd just dominated that, that choir. Right, right. I think if maybe they came out ahead of time and were like, hey, listen, the choir is going to sing it like this, maybe then they could get the crowd to get behind it and make it sound more meaningful. But then, like, the kids, half of them are going like, who the heck is Bobby Roode? Like, why are we singing for this guy? I don't know. We could just lip sync. They're going to be louder than us anyway. Guys, what's wrestling? Shut up, Tabitha, and get your soprano area. Before Ty Dillinger comes out, though, we get an introduction from Tom Phillips and Corey Graves. Corey Graves looks like a half-licked ice cream cone. Yeah, I don't know what he was doing. The match itself was great. It had a lot of great storytelling, but then also the build to this match was really well done. It, it's something that's happened like a thousand times in wrestling where a, a partner just turns over just coming together. But still, I think this was really well done. I hear the Perfect Ten is on his way up to the main roster to start jobbing up there now. It kind of felt that way when he, at the end of this match. Yeah, so I think that's what was happening. But, you know, how many people get called up and have, like, a record of, like, one in, like, 28? Yeah, this just feels like another, like, Tyler Breeze. I mean, Tyler Breeze finally got a niche. I don't know if Ty Dillinger can find something. It's going to take him a little bit. Yeah, I think he's barely hanging on what he's got right now with NXT. I don't know how, what he's going to do with the main roster to survive. Sooner or later, they get out into the ring, and this is where the 10 counts just start, which has been amazing, this entire four-day kind of wrestling uh, shindig that we've been doing, that every time someone gets out of the ring, they've been using the 10 count for Ty Dillinger, so that's got to feel good for Ty. I'm just... I, I don't know, whatever. Raw's going to bury him. <laughs> it's just going to be like another Tyler Breeze, or even worse, a, a Davian Sandow story. Yep, he's just going to get buried. Bobby Roode wins it with the glorious DDT. Oh, uh, a lot better than his first finishing move. I, I don't think he really has a finishing move yet. Uh, well, whatever. I mean, some of them work. I mean, the DDT was better than the pump handle slam. Next, we're going on to the 2016 Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic, The Authors of Pain versus TM61. Pete, I think you called this. I told you. First <laughs> of all, you got the club boys from Aussie trying to go against D'Lo Brown's twin kids, and it just didn't work. Like, okay, the move off the top of the thing holding the cage over was awesome. Can we talk about the cage? What, what is it? What is the point of it? <laughs> I don't understand this. So the whole point of it was to keep Elric out of the match, but it's like it did it did more harm. Like it was more focus on the crane than there was the actual match. And then Elric just throws a chain out there for Razor to just throw it into the crowd. Yeah, that's a bad botch. Someone got hit in the face. Someone had to have gotten hit in the face. Someone was dead. Why not just yeah. ban him from ringside? From ringside? Like this was stupid. Why don't you just put him in a cage at ringside? Why does he have to be lifted up and over? Like and then he did the typical. 
Oh, the door's locked. Like, dude, we know it's locked. Yeah, it's not even locked. It wasn't even locked. There was, it was just a clamp. There was no lock to this thing. He could have easily just jumped out of it and let them catch him. How great would it have been if he just sat down on it? Oh, my God. Like, he was just like, I'm bored. Do you see, like, the writing there? They're just like, well, man, we just... We got to find something that Nick Miller can jump off of. Uh, a crane. Yeah, it was cool. But really, TM61 are the most bland wrestlers ever. Right. They are just dull. You put them next to, like, Team DIY, and they kind of wrestled the same. But yeah. the personality with Tommaso Ciampa and Johnny Wrestling is just so much bigger. And I think that's, like, a lot of things that today's wrestlers are missing is they have the moves. They just don't build any kind of personality at all. Yeah. You know, they need plans. You get what I mean? Yeah, I get what you mean. They didn't even need the chain that they ended up whipping into the crowd. Lawsuit! Right? Like, who did they hit with that? <laughs> Some fan. Like, they're like, holy shit! Just hit me in the face! That's James Ellsworth! Oh, I'm suing your ass! Like, they could easily do it, too, so. Right. So the author's pain win, which you basically knew. Right. Triple H, Regal, and Dustin Rhodes come down. Not Goldust, but Dustin. Uh, they give out the, tr- the trophy, and this lasts, like, a fourth of the time than last year. Cody Rhodes, apparently not with the company anymore, doesn't do his big speech. They don't do this big remembrance for Dusty. They just, all right, what's the next match? An even better tag team match. Right. There was better tag teams throughout that whole tournament. Like, the Authors of Pain did not need to win that to get over. They're already over as who they are. But, like, why couldn't you give it to, like, people who have been, like, learning in the company? That's why it made sense last year of, like, Samoa Joe and Balor. Yeah. Like, it, it had a better feeling to it. This one, I was like, well, duh. Like, right when you saw Authors of Pain, it's like, well, that's it. Look back at NXT and you see the revival American Alpha Team DIY. How can people like the Authors of Pain compete with that? What's next for the Authors of Pain? Does this mean they get, like, a number one contendership against whoever wins when this revival DIY thing is over? And even if that's the case, both the revival and Team DIY can out-wrestle both these two. I don't know. Just call them up. They're get ca- them they're up, getting right? called up to be henchmen. I could just feel it. And I really want it to be those two with Samoa Joe taking on the revived shield. Oh, my God. That'd be sweet if Joe got called up with all three of them. Yep, it'd be perfect. All right, let's move on to a good tag team match. This is for the NXT tag team titles, the champions, the revival versus Team DIY in a two out of three falls match. Oh, my God. Match of the year. Why is it every time there's an NXT event, I'm always saying match of the year? These guys outdid it last, their last match. This match was insanely good. It was even smoother than the other one. I liked the other one more, but I really did like this one. This one better. You, oh, that. You're clueless. Uh, the one guy, though, in the crowd that had the sign that says he was hard for the revival, good on you. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, Revival is so good, and they had, I thought Revival and American Alpha's chemistry could not be topped, and then these two have way better chemistry. Oh man, I think it's really just the Revival just brings out the best in any team that they have to put on a five-star match with. Johnny Gargano, though, he's stuck in the match for almost the entire first part of this match. He can just not get a tag, and and that's the big story that they're building. He starts off trying to get his slingshot spear in, but the Revival bursts it into that shatter machine. That was awesome. They get the first fall with that. It was a surprise, but it was a surprise that made sense. So many times, and we're going to see this in the next night with Survivor Series, it's just like, oh, super kick and a pin. Something like this made sense, and you're like, oh, that's why they got the first fall so fast. Yeah, it was crazy. It was so good. Like, I was sitting there, I'm like, oh my god, this match is just epic. I can't look away. 
Revival wearing the black and pink, kind of like repping the Heart Foundation. They also do a heart attack to Gargano, which was a move that the, uh, who was it? I think it was Bret Hart and Jim Neidhart did. Oh yeah, they were they were pleasing the crowd. Yeah. Uh, another thing which I heard was that Team DIY were wearing the black, gray, and red because it was the colors that Shawn Michaels wore when they had the screw job happen. So it was kind of a, a nod to both them, Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels in that match, which was cool. Because they get it. They get it. They're wrestling fans. That's why, like, the glorious bomb worked. Yeah, like, that's why NXT, like, you have fans wrestling. You have people who have watched forever, like, wrestle. It's almost like sometimes you feel like they're not there for the money. They're there for the show. It's the passion there. Yeah, like, there's just more passion there. And then they get to Raw, and they're, like, buried. (laughs) The passion's just gone. Yep. (laughs) Like, whatever, I got my check, I'm done now. And it's not their fault. No. It's just, you gotta follow creative. You don't get that ability to kind of walk your own thing through with Regal and and anyone else who's helping write NXT. The moves that they did in that were just awesome. That one where Johnny Gargano uh, jumps over the top rope into a DDT was sweet. Oh my god, that was the best move of this match. I love that. That DDT just landed so strong. Uh, the yeah. other one was when he did the second DDT, but he first kicked, I think it was Dawson in the face, and then on um, Wilder, he gets the DDT on him too. There was really cool play with all of that going on. Uh, hands down, Gargano did a lot in this match. Ciampa finally gets tagged in and gets a great run on the Revival. He finally evens this up to make it one versus one. Uh, he gets a pin on Scott Dawson, making this sudden death. I kind of like this. This was cool. The ref kind of let both teams kind of recoup now that it was 1v1. And and then the match just gets crazy from here. Somehow, though, Wilder gets a NXT title in there for Dawson, who uses it to protect himself against Gargano's kick, shattering yeah, Gargano's cool. shit. Super crazy. There's so many moments where you're just like, well, that's it. That's We're done. What a move to block a kick with the belt. I was like, that's sweet. I've never seen that. Right. They continue to destroy Gargano's right knee, and you think, oh, man, this is it. But DIY comes back. But then again, they just start attacking the then left knee of Gargano, so he's completely crippled that he's just butt-rutting around on the ring. Oh, man, but then the final tap-out was just great. Oh, like, yeah. Like, the final submission moves were awesome. I loved it. I yeah. got, well done. It was so great. I don't want the Revival to get called up because I'm so afraid they're going to get buried. You think so? I Yes, I do. I don't trust any writing with WWE and NXT superstars. Why should I? Tyler Breeze, what the heck? They just ruined him. Like, now he's just finally getting his footing back. Right. But, like, he had a good rivalry going with Ziggler, and then they just buried him for some reason. Yeah. And then what about like Baron Corbin? Could be a huge heel, but they're doing it so wrong. No, I agree. In the revival, they're not the prototypical looking wrestlers. They do all the shady 80s, 90s early 2000 cheap wrestling moves to win, but they're still really good in the ring. And the fans today are like, well, where's The Rock? It's hard to be like, man, I'm excited to see the revival, but then you also look at the club and see how they're doing. But then you're like, oh, well, maybe they'll put the smack down, but then you're also like, well, American Alpha hasn't really done too much at all. The only real hope you have for the revival is pairing them as henchmen to a main eventer so they can at least prove themselves. Yeah, be those dirty little bulldogs that, like, come in and just cheap shot people, like, and show that they are worth something. Who would be a good henchman for him? Right. Who you, who would you pick from either rosters that it would work well? I kind of like, I'm leaning towards Kevin Owens, because I think he could work really well with them. Dude, curveball, Dean Ambrose. Oh, I like that. That would like be really good. Dirty, I like, like that, yeah. You know, like, they can keep their leather coats, like, 
just be like, ah, yeah, you know, we're here to fight. Like, you know, right. like, perfect. But don't make them face. They got to be healed. Oh, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And I think they would be more over that way as just kind of like, I don't want to say hillbilly, but like this kind of like southern angry yeah. attitude I think would yeah. really work for that whole thing. Yeah, I, I dig that. I totally dig that. No flips, just fists. <laughs> and butts. And butts. <laughs> <laughs> God. They got their own separate kind of bootio cereal, but it's just called butts. Yeah, butt cereal. <laughs> we don't put booties in our cereal. We'll punch them out with our fists. <laughs> no sugar, no sprinkles, just butts. <laughs> what's that? What's that Family Guy where Bert and Ernie are like two lesbians or whatever, and Ernie comes walking up? I don't think they're lesbians, Pete. But you know what I mean, like no, but like in this Family Guy clip, and like Ernie goes, "Yeah, you want us to fight?" And, then, and Bert's like, "Yeah, you want us to use our fists?" <laughs> <laughs> and that's what I think of every time I read their shirt. Oh, that's too good. Okay, so back to the match. The Revival, they go for Team DIY's finisher, which is that super kick and knee combo, but they end up hitting themselves. This gives them a chance for DIY to finally get the win to become NXT champions. DIY wins, they run it around with the crowd, and then there's this drunken dude who just starts yelling, You fucking did it, guys! You fucking yep, did it! Hilarious. Oh, just the cheery on the top for this perfect match. Speaking of the crowd, though, JR was there. That's cool. Yeah, do you hear he wants to, like, get back in the game? Wrestling? He wants to wrestle again? Yeah, we need him back in there. Oh, bring him back. He should fight Goldberg. He just, he's still doing commentary. Like, uh, they just had him on that, what culture wrestling, the WCPW or something like that. He just did announcing on there a little bit ago. Well... After that great match, Asuka had to follow it up by going against someone who hasn't been in a WWE ring for, what? Eight years. Man, this sounds like a mega match, if you would want to call it that. Dude, I was pumped. I was always a Mickey James fan, but I was like, what kind of shape will she be in? She left TNA because she had kids. But I think she, like, still came back as a part-timer here and there, and I think she still did a couple indie shows. I think she was still regularly wrestling, just not on, like, a TNA schedule. She was in fine ring shape. I wasn't I wasn't bad at that. Nothing against Mickey James. The match was fine. It, they just didn't do any big spots at all. There was nothing that really, like, pulled me into this match, other than that idiot who kept chanting Trish's lover. <laughs> Right? There was a video that someone posted on Twitter of when she, like, crotch-grabbed Trish Stratus and then licked her hand. And I'm like, wow, the Attitude Era was crazy. Oh, I know. And that was at a WrestleMania match, man. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God, come back. That was hot. She blew a kiss at Asuka, and I thought we were going to do it again. And the big problem isn't Asuka, and it isn't Mickey James. Like, it was a good match. Nobody thought Mickey James was going to win. To be real, nobody sat there and go, Mickey James is going to take this. No. There's nobody in NXT that can compete with Asuka right now. Also, Asuka's now full heel, it seems like. I love it. Yeah, I agree. I love it. She's beaten everybody on the roster, including the people who are now higher-ups on Raw and SmackDown. She should have this huge ego. Yeah, this is the one thing where NXT missed the boat by keeping at least Alexa or Carmella down there. Yeah. Like, then there would have been something. Like, people would have hope, because at least with Alexa, there was like hope Alexa can beat somebody, because she was getting good in the ring. She's good now, She's like the biggest heel on SmackDown. Right. You only have four women in the NXT roster, it feels like, right yeah, now. Yeah, who the hell is going to beat her? Liv Morgan? Are you going to keep bringing Legends back? I mean, yeah. I know we have until WrestleMania, or maybe Royal Rumble until the next TakeOver, I'm not for sure. But still, who's next for Asuka? It's got to be Ember Moon, right? She'd be the only one close. But if I was booking this, I would rather, instead of seeing Ember Moon get destroyed by Asuka, because Ember Moon's great, but I don't know if she could go against Asuka right now. 
right now. Let's make a triple threat or a fatal four-way match and still let put Asuka over. Yeah, you'd have to do something like that. The women's match have not had something like that on a takeover, I don't think, yet. So it'd be great to kind of change things up from a singles match for the main event for the women and still put Asuka over the same women she's been beating one-on-one for the last month. Yeah, that would make sense because she's not going to lose one-on-one and no one's going to believe it. What's next for Mickey James? I think she's just going to be like a trainer, like Lita. Mm, I think she's coming back. I think she's coming back, Pete. I don't know where you're going to put her. They'll put her on SmackDown. She might go on Raw. Okay, I would be all right with that. But her against, like, Charlotte, I'd be all right with it. Hey, Pat Patterson was in the crowd as well. Good for him. (laughs) I like your crowd drops. Patterson was in the crowd. That's all I got. Next is the main event, the NXT Championship match, the champion Shinsuke Nakamura versus the Samoan submission machine Samoa Joe. It was a great match. Uh, first, let's talk about the uh, violinists. They were obviously not playing the theme song at all, but it would have been great if they would have maybe learned how to because they were all going at different tempos. And I know different violins were playing different parts, but some of them really didn't look that way. His other entrance was 50,000 times better. Yeah. Like, this one would have been cooler if like they had the one person playing and then when it got to the part like his entrance then red lights would have shined up on like 20 or 30 more violin people on them that would have looked sweet he was just walking i'm like where the hell did that person come from you know what would have been awesome is if the lights like came on and they were all the choir from bobby Roode, and bobby Roode comes in and attacks like this match it was an all right match but it was very very one-sided by Samoa Joe who kept this match grounded the entire time I was like shocked like how the match was going I was like wow this is crazy weird Joe gets busted open right like almost on purpose now he's the new Ric Flair right you don't even he's not even blading he's just joeing I'm like how the hell did you cut yourself (laughs) I think he just scowls too hard sometimes yeah he's like blood vessel So Joe starts with just concentrating on Nakamura's legs, which just turns Nakamura into Play-Doh very quickly. Apparently it's his only arsenal is just his his legs, which Samoa Joe just completely disables. He just throws out every lock that Daniel Bryan can name. Shinsuke then continues to try to throw knees and kicks, but Joe just has an amazing offense tonight. Is blocking everything, dodging it, and whatever he takes, he just grabs on and puts another leg lock in. Yeah, Nakamura just got steamrolled. Really bad. And makes me kind of think, like, was he supposed to lose? lose the title at the last takeover because remember his jaw broke oh yeah so i'm wondering if he's like dude beat me we'll have to do this we have to figure it out right right. you know he's like dude my jaw's broken maybe that's what was supposed to happen and shinsuke was supposed to get called up sooner than later that could be the case i just like man this just feels really similar to samoa joe first finn valor almost to the point where i just feel like it's just getting repetitive with joe's character in NXT. It doesn't really go anywhere. He, I think he and Nakamura both need to be called up. I think they're both too big for I the I think roster. you could keep one of them down there as long as you kept the title on them for a while. Well, like what they did with Kevin Owens. Like when they called him up and he was 
just wrestle him, but he still had the title. Yeah. Like, why can't you do that? That's true. You know? Joe, though, he does, he, he wins with doing the Kimura Plex, which is a really cool idea. I really liked how he named that. Uh, some kind of choke slam on the steel steps, and then the muscle buster become the two-time champion. And then we get Samoa Joe's victory song, which apparently is his old... Is his... <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Oh my god, that's not his song. Yeah, I was like, what is this? I thought someone won a lottery. (laughs) Joe's going back there, he's like, I'm going to kill somebody. Like, are you kidding me? That was the worst entrance song ever. (laughs) God, I remember when he first came out to that entrance song, I'm like, oh, that song Nobody liked that song. Oh, it was really bad. So Pete, what do you want to grade NXT Toronto? Well, wait, is Nakamura getting called up at the Rumble? Ooh, that is... Maybe they just, like, keep him away? That could be a good idea for Shinsuke. They might. I'm sure he'll still Dude, play around NXT to do things. If they make it so, like, right in the middle of it, the lights just go black and you just hear... I will go crazy. I'll oh, I like, know. And he will get matched up with AJ Styles. So he'll be, it'll be Styles and him. Oh, my God. Styles, him, and Goldberg? Styles loses the belt to Ambrose at TLC by some freak way. So he's like, I'm going back to the Rumble and I'm taking what's mine. So I can see Styles winning the Rumble, but have it be like gets in a fight with Daniel Bryan. So he's like, you're number one. And then number two, and it's Nakamura. And the crowd would go insane. So they're still punishing Sami Zayn, right? So they make him number one entrance in the Royal Rumble, and number two is Shinsuke Nakamura. And they have a nice little tussle before the rest of the whole thing starts, just to kick off the whole Rumble. And then and then AJ comes out, and yep. it's the big stare down between AJ and Nakamura, and everyone would go fucking crazy. Did you see that match they had in New Japan? It was awesome. Oh, it was pretty good. We, we both watched it because we didn't know who really Shinsuke was before he came in. Yeah. Wow, we just made the... I'm ready for the Rumble now. I know, right? Like, forget everything else. Move it out of the way. We're going to the Rumble. Uh, Here's what's going to happen. None of it. (laughs) (laughs) The Rumble ends and your last three people are Brock Lesnar, Triple H. It'll be Goldberg. Yep. And Undertaker is the last one coming in. Yeah, it'll be those. And then Strowman. He'll throw them all out, but Goldberg. Yeah, and then Goldberg's going to cheap win, and everyone's going to be like, that's stupid. Right, Batista returns. <laughs> oh, Batista, like, comes out and he goes, uh-uh. <laughs> oh, no, no, I'm not falling for this. <laughs> I'm good. He <laughs> walks away. It'd be even better if Daniel Bryan comes out at number 30 just to announce who the real number 30 would be. <laughs> That'd be awesome. All right, Pete, uh, what do you want to grade this magnificent pay-per-view? I'll give it a B plus. B plus what? I'm giving it a B. I give it a B plus because the women's match was good, but there was no surprise there. Ty Dillinger and Bobby Roode were good, but they were just good workers. The Dusty Rhodes classic, I was not even excited for it in the slightest. And then, I mean, the tag match was epic. So it's like, got balanced it out. Yeah, two good matches I thought were out of this was the uh, the glorious one versus the Perfect Ten, and then the Team DIY versus the Revival for the NXT titles. Both those matches were great, but everything else was just, eh. It was a regular NXT show, it felt like to me. I mean, yeah, like Joe and Nakamura was good, but it wasn't like A-plus good. Plus, their last encounter was a lot better. They all had good matches. Matches. Like, I'm not sitting here saying they were all bad. No. But uh, yeah. maybe we, we're just, we've, we've set ourselves at a higher bar for NXT. We blame you. Yeah, well, good. Blame me. Hate me. Pete, done of the night. Oh, 
Wow, dawn of the night. Yeah, it's hard for tonight. Yeah, because, I mean, like, everyone kind of did, like, good. Right. I'll probably have to say the tag match, the Authors of Pain in TM61. Like, you guys get put in that spot to put on a good match, and that's what you gave us. Yeah. Blech. I'm going to give it to the the crane, because that whole thing was just ridiculous. Yep. Superstar, who's your stud? I got to go with Team DIY and the Revival. This was a four-man job in this match to make it as great as it was. I'm right there with you. Like, I mean, really, folks? Are we going to pick someone else? Maybe the chain that turned heel on the crowd? Are you going to make the Revival cry? I'm not going to make the Revival cry. Stud yeah. of the night. Yep. Pete, that's it. I don't have anything else to add to this one. Me either. All right, man. Well, that was the Full Nelson Press Podcast, Episode 49, the NXT TakeOver Toronto 2016 event. Uh, suck a butt. Yeah, bet. Hey, thanks for listening to the show. And if you're watching us on YouTube, don't forget to subscribe and like this video. Leave us a comment. We might even read it on our next show. And I'll try not to berate you, but no... If you're listening to this on iTunes, please subscribe and leave us a review. You have no idea how much that helps. I guess Stitchers has a thumbs up button now, so that's a thing. You can find us on Facebook, Wrestling Amino Tambler. Or just search for the Full Nelson Press on any social media site. You can also go to thefullnelsonpress.com for all of our past episodes and original WWE art created by yours truly. Go watch some wrestling.